Hello and welcome to another episode. So today I want to get back into doing some of my uh, more flow, I guess flow state uh, episodes. Uh, and we're going to cover the topic kind of around um, this this feeling of certainty and uncertainty, kind of that oscillation of, of existence between, you know, this idea of, of always having to become yourself, these various ideas, but also the, the point of the flow state episodes is kind of just seeing where the conversation goes. I have some, a couple points that I want to cover and then kind of fill in with wherever it goes, you know? Um, yeah. So we're going to dive into that, but also now everything that I do with, with like between the podcast and my writing stuff is on Substack. You can check that out in the link below. Uh, you can get my uh, red book, the dream book, um, which is basically goes into my dreams and kind of this this kind of weird state of thinking and then interpretation, all that good stuff. Check that out in the link. But beyond that, let's enter the library. Self-destructive man feels completely alienated, utterly alone. He's an outsider to the human community. He thinks to himself, I must be insane. What he fails to realize is that society has, just as he does, a vested interest in considerable losses and catastrophes. These wars, famines, floods, and quakes meet well-defined needs. Man wants chaos. In fact, he's got to have it. Depression, strife, riots, murder, all this dread. We're irresistibly drawn to that almost orgiastic state created out of death and destruction. It's in all of us. We revel in it. I always, I thought that would be a good little quote to start it. Um, And also a good like little segue. I think it really connects with uh, E.M. Sharon and and I quote from him to kind of set the stage here. I quote, everything exists, nothing exists. Either formula affords a like serenity. The man of anxiety to his misfortune remains between them, trembling and perplexed, forever at the mercy of a nuance, incapable of gaining a foothold in the security of being or in the absence of being. And this quote, and the reason I wanted to like find like that little movie clip from Waking Life, because I, I remember that one as well, is it hit me when I first read it and heard it and also heard it from the Waking Life. And it's just kind of like this idea of how we are oscillating, this oscillation between feeling as though everything exists and nothing exists. And that seems confusing right now, but I, I see it as kind of being in a direct relationship with our oscillation between certainty and uncertainty. And I, and I know that often that I often write about certainty and uncertainty and, and speak about and do episodes on that type of shit. And the importance of holding, for me, I see an importance of holding a level of uncertainty in our minds. Maybe I do this because I find it important, or maybe I'm simply trying to convince myself of its of its uncertain truth or certain truth. So I read about the the idea and this this line of everything exists, nothing exists. I feel my mind being pulled towards, you know, the attempt to I'm trying to simply shut my mind off from the problematic logic of that statement. 
so that my mind can it can hopefully to a healthy degree allow for some more mystical thinking and i think a lot of mystical thinking comes from that feeling that perception that inward perception of uncertainty where we we get into that state of uncertainty where it's almost like this more emotional state and we can't get ourselves back to that we we try to get ourselves back to that more certain state where this idea of an i comes back into it you know and and we we create that and and we see that and to me we see that in the external world as well where we have this kind of this dichotomy of falling between certainty and uncertainty and and i say and i say dichotomy because we're constantly creating these dichotomies so like consider it this way so we 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 find ourselves fixated then upon the idea of being and non-being or what i like to i always like to phrase it as maybe the the eternal becoming so we're in this kind of in continuous process of becoming who we are wherein those ever-changing moments we feel as though we go from living in and in, in non-being into being from death we then come into life and i want to pull in another quote here from sharon and i quote it is our discomforts which provoke which create consciousness their task accomplished they weaken and disappear one after the other. Consciousness, however, remains and survives them without recalling what it owes to them, without even ever having known. Hence, it continually proclaims its autonomy, its sovereignty, even when it loathes itself and would do away with itself. So, and, and the way I apply this is that certainty returns after those moments of discomfort. Those moments we are kind of shocked out of our loops of life shocked out of our systems or we we a realization you know and, and that's why like here's an example why i love like kind of lovecraftian horror you know this this cosmic horror this cosmic awareness of of your place in the universe so if you you pay attention to that too long that idea of the infinite the idea of this completely this grand unknown out there if you fixate on that too long, it can become all-consuming. You, everything feels meaningless. You know, everything, every thought and every emotion, it just boils into that one feeling of that uncertainty. You see like that uncertainty as a new kind of foundation in some sense, right? And you can't stay there for too long. You can't stay in that state because you have a life to live. You know, and, and, and that's and that's what fascinates me about this type of topic and this conversation around these like uncertainties and these ideas of nothingness and existence and all that is, well, for one, it's, it's fun. And I think it's important to think about because it is those in those moments of discomfort that I think we get a lot of insight into ourselves and what we want and what we're interested in and and what we like to think about and the relationships we want to build. It's all these moments of insight that come from that uncertainty. And we need those moments of uncertainty, you know. Uh, and that's where it comes down to where I see meaning as these offshoots of of coming from that place of uncertainty. Uh, I was recently watching the film The Mist. Uh, it's it's like from based on Stephen. Um, I won't I won't spoil anything, 
either, but it's based on a Stephen King book, right? And there's like a moment in, in the film where, or I'm going to give like a minor spoiler. I just want to talk about a general area of it. There's a moment in the film where people are very uncertain about this kind of horrific Lovecraftian situation they're in. This this feeling of the unknown. They're, the walls are closing in on them in some sense. I'm going to leave it vague like that. And people people start dying, you know. And then there's this figure, this pullback to to some they're they're in this complete state of uncertainty, this cosmic uncertainty of where they should turn, what they should do. And they're forced to make meaning. And some of them, it's like an, an analysis of this of how maybe like religions and things like that are formed. They find this pull, this pull to be pulled back into a more religious faith. And this is just like a minor part of the film, but I still was fascinated by it because I do think this is how it would happen. We get pulled into that sense of meaning that creates that sense of group cohesion. You go back to this established sense of meaning because you've entered that complete state of uncertainty. And and that's where like the, the sweet spot is because I think of a lot of, in life, we have all these interpretations, these interpretations of uncertainty where we try we're recognizing that the foundation is uncertain, but we need to create meaning and we need to flow into this new meanings and understandings and to, to create new things, to create new insights, to build something, to, to interact with the universe in some sense. So we, we have these interpretations of that uncertainty and what that uncertainty means and what we should do with that uncertainty. And you see interpretations everywhere. And that's where I, I, for me personally, this is how I connected it for myself, is that that certainty returns after those moments of discomfort. So we see these interpretations are everywhere, creating and and recreating and constructing and deconstructing new dichotomies for us to fall into. So, you know, for example, we worry about the future and we dwell in the past. We strive for success and we feel failure. We yearn for love and dread rejection. We have these dichotomies. We also have other, like, more simplistic dichotomies of, you know, moral statements of, like, what is good and what is evil. This thing is obviously good. This thing is obviously evil. So we create these simplistic dichotomies to simplify that process of escaping uncertainty. Because to live in the state of trying to find the nuances on things, it's time-consuming. It's, it's in a sense all-consuming because there are so many nuances to every topic. There's so many nuances and information that you can't possibly know. So then we are forced into these dichotomies. And the best thing we can do, and maybe the best thing we can do, is recognizing that reality so that we can bring back you know, some form of understanding that within the dichotomies we create of like, the easy one is what is good and what is evil. We create these dichotomies and understanding there is a gray middle because the interpretations of those polar points are constantly being reinterpreted and reestablished. The foundation is never fully solid. It's never fully there. You know, we see that how changes of beliefs happen all the time. Scientific discoveries occur. Philosophical perspectives are developed. Cultures uh, intermix and recreate new interesting cultures and offshoots and borrow from each other. 
It's just constant interpretations everywhere, evolving and flowing and moving with each other and recreating things. It's a creativity method. But I think all those interpretations are coming from that state, that feeling of uncertainty. And they're trying to create a cohesion around a, a, a form of, ma- of, of meaning. So, you know, I guess in a sense, what do these these dichotomies mean? This is how I always like to consider it. Is, is Maybe the consciousness we have only knows itself. There's always that gap between, you know, my consciousness and the person listening. There's maybe this connected unconscious if you're into Carl Jung and and the idea of the collective unconscious. But to me, even within that concept, there's always those gaps, those gaps in between that we need to use communication and language and meaning to fill in that gap. It's that trust barrier to, to fill in that gap, to feel connected. So we insert into those gaps the meanings people's meanings, people's uh, mystical perspectives, people's uh, dreams and and ideas and ambitions, perspectives on the world. All these things are intermixing and and filling in those gaps so we can feel connected to each other. You know, everything outside of our consciousness becomes but matter for its existence. You know, and, and, and part of it does that, yes. However, I think our consciousness still it still falls back into only being able to know itself. So it disdains all that is not strictly necessary for this exercise and forgets the doubts as soon as possible. And to some extent, that's okay because you don't want to live in this constant state of uncertainty because it's all-consuming because then action becomes difficult because every act you take, you need to start being certain about it to some extent. Right. Uh, and, I, and I just, I don't know, I found that idea of understanding as meaning and uh, values and beliefs and, and all these interpretations about life that we read about and, and we experience films about that pull our emotions and create something very human. Uh, they're trying to fill in those, that gap between me and, and the person listening and, and, and relationships and our friends and because there's always that gap. You can't know what's going on in someone else's mind for sure. You can only hope you're trying to, you're understanding them and you use communication tools, you know. And and I don't know. It was that idea, and that idea has also really drawn me to to writing fiction as well, um, and trying to understand fiction and, and applying this stuff to a more fiction and storytelling base. And I hope this episode accomplished some of that. So uh, I think that'll conclude some of my thoughts today. But as always, I appreciate you for listening. Check out that link below for endless stuff. And stay tuned for some of my fiction stuff. Uh, But yeah, thanks for listening. But now it's time for you to get the fuck out of my labyrinth.